Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, the number one hive in the galaxy for the wretched, scummy, and villainous, all of whom are offered salvation and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. And yes, we are the podcasters you're looking for. Oh, that's so good. That may be one of my favorite openings <laughs> we've ever done. Um, I once said that walking into any Walmart in the USA is like walking into the Moss Eisley Cantina. Is that is that too harsh? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, too harsh. Okay. Uh, so I shouldn't say that again. You, you expected it. Right. Well, it's out answer. there now, and it's true. Well, I, I should but say like, probably like at 2 o'clock in the morning. Because at any given day, it's normal people interspersed with the not so normal people but two o'clock in the morning that's where the i see that's where the um oh you didn't say two o'clock in the morning i got the jabba's walking in in, in, come out all right let's get to the news justice league Mm -hmm. came out it did you saw it. i have not seen it yet wow i know i feel there's been a this will never happen again i feel really really weird you need to know this like there's been a a imbalance in the force Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is a star wars episode so we're going to keep with that theme uh, what did you think? I, I know you wrote a blog post on it. Just a quick tease. We're not going to talk I about did. it. I uh, did. So if you want the details, uh, you yep. can look at our Facebook page where it's posted or straight to the blog at nerdgospelpodcast.com. Yep. And, uh, nerdgospel.com. Okay. Whatever. Yep. You, just <laughs> Nobody actually types in a no. whole URL. You're no, going to no, no, search no, no, for no. it. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was good um, for a DC movie. How's that? Okay, great. Great, great. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm excited. I'm pumped now. I think it's worth seeing. Um and there's some surprises, some things that we hoped would happen that didn't. Oh, uh, sorry. Like, I'm not going to say that. That's a spoiler. Oh, uh, I haven't seen it. But it was uh, good. And Jeremy wrote a blog post. That's really, really cool. So yeah. we're going to start doing that more, um, hopefully twice a month, maybe a little more frequently. We'll see what happens. When As things, the spirit moves. Yeah, when things pop in our head, whatnot. <laughs> uh, I watched the first episode of The Punisher hmm. on Netflix. And if you remember from a past episode, I did, I did warn you that it would be incredibly violent. I did that preemptively knowing it would be incredibly violent. And guess what? After the first episode, one episode only, it was incredibly violent. Oh, I yes. see. I yeah, see. it involves, at one moment, involves a sledgehammer and people's faces, which mm-hmm. is, that's not the intended use of a sledgehammer. I'm not sure if you know how to More how for to use railroads. One. Yes, so uh, if you do like, if you're into that, if you're into extremely graphic violence, <laughs> well, that's a weird way to say it. Uh, don't, don't let children watch this. Yeah. Okay. It is rated, um, High intensity. <laughs> H-I. H-I. It's high intensity. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Johnson, Rian Johnson. I think Ryan. Ryan, sure. Sure. He uh, is starting a new Star Wars trilogy. All right. Now, I have no idea what you're talking about, so explain so, this to So me. this is like, you know how the, the first, the current Star Wars tril- trilogy mm-hmm. is like a Skywalker. Sure. I, sh- I say it's current Star Wars trilogy. It's actually <laughs> From like the a, 70s. what's a nineology? <laughs> what is it? What's a nine, nine teens? Nine, uh, nineology? There's nine. Ep- there's going to be nine movies so far. Yeah. So, anyways, so he's starting a whole separate thing. So he'll start with number one, and then go one, two, three, and it'll be a whole separate thing in the Star Wars universe. And he can do this because they have bought yeah. the rights, and they can oh, yeah. do whatever they want oh, with yeah. the universe. Disney owns Lucasfilm; they can do whatever. And George is getting older; he's just sitting on a pile of cat. You ever seen when uh, Scrooge McDuck jumps into his vault of money? Yeah. And he swims. That's George Lucas. Yeah, that used he to cause. Has yeah. In childhood fantasies, I was like, man, someday I'm going to have It'd be a great money to pool. jump into coinage. Yeah, it would hurt. It yeah, wouldn't work. Really bad. He spits out the coins. Really yeah, that's, ama- that's incredible. <laughs> so that's, I think it's going to be cool. I'm actually really pumped about that. I haven't seen this movie yet. Like now, if this movie stinks, Last Jedi, on December 15th, if it stinks, then I'll be a little bummed about it. Why would it stink? I don't think it will. No, it'll be fine. No, it'll be fine. All right. So we're excited about it. The Lord of the Rings TV series is indeed happening. On Amazon. Boo. Now, if you remember, now, I think boo. Yeah. Now that it's real. I know. I'm trying to like, like fill myself yeah, with hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not uh, going to work. I told Jeff Bezos not to do this. Yeah. So immediately I called him and I was like, Jeff, right. what's the deal? So, and he's, he's like, like what? Because that's how Jeff, you know, Jeff. <laughs> he's just really Jeff. loud. He's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? So he just wanted the money though, but that was Jeff. So yeah, too Anyways, bad. He's too doing bad. it. The guy, Amazon's doing it. We we told the 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 thing about this is they're doing like a Silmarillion type thing, yeah, like the filler stuff, right? But the there's a reason Silmarillion's filler. Like I I've read it, yeah, and it's it's cool, but it's backstory. Gonna, it's not story. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna have to do a lot because Tom Bombadil yeah. is cool, but I don't know how long he can carry a show. You know, 
Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I uh, I love Bombadil. I know I love Bombadil but so much. He he's contained in the story the way he's supposed to be. You're yes. not supposed to like understand everything about him. Yeah, he's like a spirit force type. He's like super powerful. He can do basically oh, yeah. whatever the heck he wants. Yeah, he made the coin, the ring disappear, and brought it back. I know. What on Amazing. earth? And he's got a beautiful wife, which is a weird addition to the thing. Okay. Uh, musky news. So musky. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's gonna work. That's great. <laughs> uh, Musk Musk news. Elon Musk unveils a Tesla. Semi. Mm-hmm. You're saying that's impossible. No. No, it's not. It's real. He did it. He's done it. Uh, it's a Roadster in... Oh, Tesla Semi... <laughs> sorry, I'm reading the thing. Tesla Semi Roadster in SmackDown to a gasoline car. So apparently he's putting them both in a ring uh-huh. and they're going to... No. No, it's just a weird right. way they... See who it. runs out of gas first. Yeah, run out of gas. <laughs> the gas car will. Um, that's pretty cool. Walmart was like, we're in. Yeah, they look awesome. It'd yeah. be cool to see those things driving down the road. Yeah. Walmart bought five, I think. So, I don't understand. It's sort of a commitment. Five. Like, I think that's a publicity stunt where yeah. they're like, "Yeah, we care about." If they bought ten, it would have been the all environment. In, five is like, <laughs> "Yeah, we'll what? Okay, we'll put a bandaid on our emissions." There's that that one driver in the Walmart trucking fleet that's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to drive a Tesla." Yeah, who's going to get that? Like, <laughs> we're calling in our top five drivers. You know, it's like this dun dun dun, like five guys running with their suits on, and mm-hmm. um, should be great. Yeah, I want to see a show about that. <gasps> who are the five drivers that Walmart picks? That's One of them should be Tom Bombadil. Uh, yeah, Tom Bombadil. <laughs> John Bombadil. <laughs> yeah, we need to see that. Uh, Elon Musk wants to live on Mars. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? He plans to send the first humans in, to Mars in 2024. Mm-hmm. He, he has skin in the game, bro. Yeah, he's, uh, he's ready. There, and this is to start a new city. Yeah. This is exactly what happened in The Martian. Yeah. It's yeah. a documentary. And it didn't work. No, so didn't I work. guess he's. this is take two. Well, I think Matt Damon's going back with him this time. So that's that'll right. help a ton to have Matt Damon because he's, he's already has his base set up and everything's there. And that's a little bit of a shame because I was hoping yeah. Matt would want to be in other Marvel movies. Oh, yeah, that's so true. That's, that's true. disappointing. Um, so this is it, this would be like me starting a company, mm-hmm. like the boring company. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm starting a company and I'm, I'm saying I'm going to send people into a live volcano. Yeah. I think we can live inside a volcano. And and then people will be like, well, why aren't you coming with us? I'd be like, I just need to stay here. You yeah. know? So at least he's going into the volcano with the people. Yeah. I think I have a feeling he's going to have some sort of commuter set up. Yeah. <laughs> so should we, he's just going to so go So in there. 2024, uh, he's going to need life insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Elon Musk, we wish you the best. Uh, let's start praying for him because we've got, you know, however many years. I can't do math on, my, yeah. on the fly. No. Uh, let's get to the main event. Star Wars, A New Hope. Woo! Are you ready for this? Yeah. I am so excited. I watched this, so in preparation for this, we both Jeremy and I realized we neither of us owned this. Of course not. I own, oddly enough, three old copies of it on VHS. Mm-hmm. So I collect the old VHS. Don't have a VCR. Yeah. So no, no way to watch it. <laughs> uh, could I go get a VCR? Yes. Mm-hmm. I could. The, so I went to the store and I thought, oh, I'll just go buy the trilogy. Right. It's $84. Yeah. $84. Yeah. So if you're sitting on a, like a mountain of trilogies, like you've just been collecting them, you've got a gold mine, son. Yeah. You've got a gold mine. I don't know why they're so expensive. Did you know Steven Spielberg has a 2.5%? Uh, what? He gets 2.5% of all Star Wars sales. He traded that with Lucas when the movie first came out for 2.5% of Close Encounters of a Third Kind. Oh, no. This is what, this is what happens when you're doing a podcast episode on this yeah. stuff and you just dig into all this nonsense no, that doesn't matter. He's, he's kicking himself now. Yep. Well, he's rich anyways. They're, they, both, they're all whatever. rich. They both have their vault care. money vaults yep. where they swim. Swimming. The swimming pools, the vault swimming pools. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I did was I borrowed it from a friend and I watched it last night and I just... I literally just let my synapses go. Mm-hmm. Anytime something cool popped up, I wrote a quick little note. Mm-hmm. So for the first part of the main event, we're gonna literally you're gonna take a del like a, you're gonna take a swimming pool dive into the brain of Heath. Yeah. Are you ready for this? This is terrifying. So just get ready with your skip button. Yeah. Yeah. Just skip through <laughs> the next thirty minutes or so. <laughs> um, so here here's what I wrote down at the first part. I, I wrote beginning and Rogue One. Here's mm-hmm. what I meant by this. Yeah. When when we initially saw Rogue One, I liked it. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I liked yeah, it a lot. It was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. There were some moments where you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. The droid is funny. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Well, seeing bet like a new hope again mm-hmm. is it's so much better, actually. Right. So I would suggest that before you see Rogue One, watch New Hope or or watch Rogue One and then watch New Hope. It'll right. make you appreciate them. Right. Because at the very beginning, I'm like, oh my word, this is so cool. Like, this is the part where Vader's coming in and like mm-hmm. now it ties together nicely. And so it made it feel 
much more cohesive. Yeah, it's a concurrent story. So if you see both sides yeah. of it, it's pretty cool. Because beforehand, now you notice when I watch it, I'm they're all talking about like the rebels got the the plans, and you're like, well, how did they do that? And now it makes no sense without Rogue One. I'm like, wait, what? Like they just got these. It's kind of cool. You can make up your own story, but sure, it's cool seeing it yep. play out yep. and knowing that people sacrifice. Like you know, spoiler alert for Rogue One. They all die. Everyone. The Everyone dies. It's the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah, they all die. And it's like, oh, a sour moment. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I wrote down was Darth Vader chokes that guy while asking him questions. So this is it's this great part at the, where he's choking this rebel guy and he's going, where are the plans? And the guy's going, and he's, mm-hmm. where are the plans? It's like, dude, let go. Yeah, like, he, he can't talk. He, hey, bro, he can't talk. Like Darth, you know. And then he chokes him and strangles him and they, they never get the... The, anything out of him like yeah. he would love to tell them yeah that he guy was a he mole was, he, was he was ready way, he was way he was like a defector he would have been like give yeah. me a stormtrooper suit i quit i'm in but. then the, the stormtroopers run in they shoot leia and she like zaps on the ground and the guy goes she'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> well because they had their phaser yeah. set to stun yeah he doesn't check the poles like she could have had a heart attack like she'll she'll be all right <laughs> and then they pick her up i'm like this guy's heartless like he just shot a girl with a laser yeah she'll be all right um Hold hold your fire. No life forms. So they, they shoot off the escape pod. Mm-hmm. This is like the most genius idea. Yeah. They shoot off the escape pod and there's robots in it. Right. And so then immediately they go, oh, there's no life forms. We're okay. Just let it float off. Like, no. You would, you would blast that thing out of the sky. Right. Like, yeah, that shouldn't be going that way. Let's, yeah. Let's the the Death Star is filled with incompetence. And the yeah. Star Destroyer at this point is filled yeah. with uh, <laughs> morons. Just uh, like every corporation in America. Yeah. There will be no one to stop us this time. So Darth Vader says this line, there will be no one to stop us this time, mm-hmm. speaking about the plans. Yeah. And that then I go back to Rogue One again. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's what stopped them that time. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. Anyway, so it's almost like... It's almost like Lucas had some sort of grand plan. From, mm. nah, I did. Well, it's nah. more. It's more like they still had the old movie. Yeah. And when they wrote the Rogue One script, and they were trying to write it in there. Yeah. Yeah. And here, all right. So now here's the other thing I will say. After you watch New Hope, and we're gonna watch Empire next, and that'll be our next episode, probably in the Spoiler. Empire Strikes Back. Spoiler. You you really see. Uh, you see why the prequels are so problematic mm-hmm. because R2-D2 in this is so limited. Right. He can barely do anything. Like he can barely get around uh, in the prequels. He has jetpacks. Mm-hmm. He's like zapping people. He's fighting. He can't do anything. Right. He's a little trash can. Yep. And, and it makes sense. Like it's cool that we're this far in the universe, but things are dirty and droids are like, we have all this technology, but droids are still kind of like, yeah. you know, and and then you go back to the prequels, and in Rogue One, you have like this amazing droid who can do whatever the heck he wants, yeah. and fight. And then you go back to New Hope, and you're like, no droid can do that. Yeah. So I wish they had kept the continuity is so thrown off mm-hmm. with the prequels. That's mm-hmm. one issue number one. There's a thousand issues I'm going to bring up. I know my <laughs> friend uh, Josh, my friend Josh Crute, he is he is a prequel defender, uh-huh. and he he really does like Lucas, and I appreciate him because he you know, makes me have to actually think about the prequels, mm-hmm. which I hate to do because mm-hmm. I think they're garbage. Um, <laughs> how great are the Jawas? Do you remember the Jawas, Jeremy? Yes. The little people with the hoods and of the course. little eyes. Of course. I, I watched this with my son last night who is almost three years old. Mm-hmm. And this is kudos. This is a kudos to how great the movie is. He sat there mesmerized. For the whole thing? The whole, Not the whole thing, but uh-huh. for the first 40 minutes. And yeah. then I, he had to go to bed. Yeah. But he would have sat there just enthralled and everything was he was just looking at me going look daddy look oh cool you know oh big truck big truck you know the job was come up big truck yeah uh spaceship oh laser and you know i was like oh i was reliving it again with him i was like this is so cool you're right that's great that's great um is he normally a movie watcher uh not like that not like that not like that like like he watches um if it's (laughs) if it's a pixar movie he'll watch it sure if it's real people he's out Right. He's just boring. real people are boring, but not this. That's how he looks at me when he sees me. He does. He's, he's like, like oh, he's, not, he's not animated. Yeah. You know? uh, but the cool, that's the cool, that's the true thing. There is so much to enjoy with New Hope, and it's so fast paced. Like you're jumping in, there's a spaceship, there's lasers, there's, there's never a dull moment. Yeah. Really. I mean, maybe Obi Wan in some conversations, but even then, you're like, oh, what is going on? <laughs> Man, woo. Uh, so the added stuff is garbage. This is what I mean by this. It's so clearly. CGI. Yeah. And there's a scene where like all the stormtroopers are out in the desert looking around mm-hmm. and you see this dumb hulking lizard beast in the background and it looks so out of place. Yeah. He should have just, uh, I don't know why he felt like you had to fill in each little hole 
There's a robot floating by in one scene that clearly throws it throws everything off balance. Yeah. I don't know why he that's why I had the VHS. Because a lot of the VHS are before he added in mm-hmm. all that junk. And that's why they're collector yeah. collector's items. Now. Yeah. My next thought is the robots are doofy. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. C3PO at one point says, Sir Luke, Sir Luke. <laughs> and it's foreshadowing. Like, you right. think he's just being a knight, but he's actually a knight. Like he's a, Jedi, a Jedi knight. Yeah, Jedi. Sir Luke. Oh. You know? uh, it's so cool. That's foreshadowing. How out of place is his aunt's denim jacket? So he has Aunt Baru mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, she has some denim jacket. Yeah. And you're like, this is so 70s right now. Why is she wearing a denim jacket when everyone else is wearing robes? And, you know, like, well, she's just really <laughs> hip, I guess. <laughs> she was ahead of the times. Yeah. Yeah. Aunt Baru. And Don't know what to say about that. Aunt Baru. Um, Luke goes off in the desert. He has a crazy long rifle. It makes no sense. It's really super long, just ridiculously long. There are rock paintings on the wall. So this is an, a quick little note I added. When the Sand People, the Tusken Raiders, show mm-hmm. up to take to capture the the Luke and all that stuff. Yeah. There are like rock paintings on the wall, mm-hmm. like primitive paintings. And I just, I, I had to write that down cause I'm like, man, this is, this really shows you how much Lucas cared at right. the time. Yeah. Like there are these little, everything's all, every little detail is important. Every little piece of dirt, dirt and stuff. And then it just breaks my heart that the prequels are all CGI clean. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's almost like they put plastic down on the set and they're, they're like, no dirt here. Nobody get dirty. No, yeah. you know, not an ounce of dirt. Because yeah. everything is dirt clean and it looks all shiny. Yeah. You know? It's like he forgot the reason that he did all the details yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. I always say, um, I always say like heaven will be, will not be like the prequels. It won't be shiny. <laughs> it'll be real and gritty and dirt. Like it'll be real. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. all I mean. Like not that there'll be dirt on everything in heaven. Right. But it'll feel real. Yeah. There'll be, it, it'll be a new, yeah. a new earth, but a, an old earth exists. Yeah. But just because the prequels feel so clean. Like I, I, I feel yeah. like I couldn't take my shoes off. In that world. It's a <laughs> weird analogy, but yes. Yeah, Amidala. Ooh. All right, um, an elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Man, that's, this, this, the other thing about this is this is so filled with good, good one-liners. Mm-hmm. Right? An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Uh, and then he says, before the dark times, before the empire. There's all this, um, so since we are a theology podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all of this language of, a dark age and a period of darkness where the, the Sith have ruled, but there's a faithful remnant. Yeah. And I almost kept picturing this idea that uh, Obi-Wan is sort of like a prophet. Yeah. And he's been hiding out in caves like the prophets would do. And he's almost like this Elijah where he comes in power and he has these abilities that people are like, what on earth? Like, how is he? You know, he looks at the guys and goes, these are not the droids you're looking for. And he goes, yep, these are not the droids you're looking for. And you're like, what? What? How's he doing that? You know, and you get these small glimpses. He pulls out his lightsaber, cuts that guy's arm off in Moss Eisley. Mm-hmm. And he's like this really powerful prophet who everyone has just forgotten about. Yeah. who uh, With a religion that everyone's forgotten about. Even though they should remember. Because yeah. it should be part of their history, oral or otherwise. It should be all over the place. Right. It should be something Because from the prequels... The Jedi's were the ruling council. That's right. Of course not, right? They they were the ones who the, were in law enforcement for the whole galaxy. Basically, mm-hmm. they kept peace and order, and everyone's forgotten. Yeah, it's sort of like I think it's what who is it? King Josiah. Yeah, where they they just forget the law of God, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, "Let's go clean the temple." And he goes, "Okay," and they're sweeping up, and they're like, they you know comically hit the the book of the law, and they're like, "Oh, what's this?" And they dust it off, and mm-hmm. man, but that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kept I kept t- toying with this idea of um, of Obi Wan being a prophet. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Force is kind of like grace in a lot of ways. The way it plays out, it's a gift that's given to people, um, and it yeah. We'll we'll you'll see. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a, these are all <laughs> analogies. This whole thing's going to be an analogy okay. because and it's not what Lucas intended, obviously. Yeah. So I'm stretching on almost 100 percent of this. All right. right. <laughs> You're my only hope. I mean, help, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my mm-hmm. only hope. Obi-Wan is a prophet. He brings the good news. He has the good news that will destroy the Death Star, right? Mm -hmm. He alone is the only hope. He can bring the hope. Uh, I can't get involved. I have work to do. I love how whiny Luke is at the very beginning. (laughs) Oh, I was going to go to the Tashi station, get some power converters, you know? He's like, he literally... So Luke evolves very quickly in the story. Yeah. His character. He goes from whiny little farm boy... Go to Tachi Station, and then Uncle Owen's like, "Go hang out with your friends later." You know, right? Then he then he's whiny. He he looks at Obi Wan. He says, "I can't get involved. I got work to do." It's like you hate that work. (laughs) What are you talking about? You you literally were just talking about how much you hate it. So then he pulls up, 
and his whole farm's on fire, mm-hmm. and Uncle Owen's dead, and Aunt Baru's dead, and it's really graphic. Like, they are straight up burnt to a crisp. There's, like, flesh hanging. It's really graphic. I forgot how nasty it was. Yeah. And he literally just kind of looks at him and is like, oh, man. Like, he doesn't cry. He doesn't. He's emotional, but then he comes back, and he's like, I will go with you now, Obi-Wan. So it's almost like this, this moment of suffering, this profound tragedy has uh, aged him. Yeah. Very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's important to know because his character does make a massive change right there. He goes from whiny farmhand who has no purpose in the world. That's he doesn't right. know what he wants to do to now, this is where I was saying, he's now been given grace. He's now been told the good news from the prophet that there's a path for him mm-hmm. because that's what Obi-Wan says. He says, yeah, I have a path. You have your own path. And he sees tragedy, experiences tragedy, and he goes, okay, all right, I'll take that path. Yeah. He does right. go from purposelessness to purposefulness. Yeah. Um, the next thing I wrote down is Grand Moff Tarkin's jawline could slice you like bread. I don't know who that is. Grant, the guy with the sunk, sunken. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they bring him back for Rogue One. Yeah. Tarkin, he is na- he is a nasty piece of work. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. They should not have brought him back from Rogue One. He, he doesn't is, look real enough. Oh, he's so <laughs> spicy, though. Him and um, Leia have this super spicy scene where he's like, hello, Princess Leia. And he's, she's like, oh, I see you're still alive. You know, mm-hmm. and she's just being sassy. I don't even know if that's a line, but that's something she would say. <laughs> You sassy Leia. And she's like, oh, I hope you're not dead. You know, got him. <laughs> she's from the 20s. <laughs> uh, the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant to the Force. That's what Darth Vader says. That's interesting, right? That the Force, whatever it is, is more mm-hmm. powerful than the means of man. That man has this idea that, you know, it's more powerful. And Darth mm-hmm. Vader says, no, oh, you have no idea what true power is. True power is the Force, what yeah. we got going on. Yeah. Um, the atheist on the council that Vader chokes out. So I kept I kept putting this in the looking at it from a Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. I kept seeing it as everybody kept going, "Oh, the Force, that old dumb religion, ho ho ho," because everyone's forgotten. Right. And meanwhile, Vader's looks at him and goes <coughs> and starts choking him. And he, they're like, "Vader, qu- you know, quit acting up, you silly. Put him down, Vader. Put him down. It's like a dog, you know." Mm-hmm. And so he puts him down, and the guy kind of like checks his neck, and he goes back to being like. That was fake. That was a trick, you know, right, right. <laughs> because nobody believes Vader chokes a guy and nobody still believes. They all think he's goofy. Yeah. Now, if you saw somebody choke somebody from a distance, from a distance, uh, choking somebody, <laughs> um, you would believe, right? I would hope. Yeah, you would hope so. I would go. Uh, what just happened? Yeah. At least. And then, but then we go to the Bible mm-hmm. and Jesus says, not even if you saw somebody rise from the dead, mm-hmm. would you believe? Mm hmm. So I kept put. So it was impossible for me to separate my faith from what I was watching. That's good. And I kept seeing this these guys on the council like atheists, and I kept seeing them as the Pharisees, mm-hmm. the ones who thought it was you know their way or the highway, and that it was yeah. foolishness. The new religion was foolishness. Mm-hmm. I find your lack of faith disturbing. I mean, he says that right afterwards. Right. I find your lack of faith disturbing, which is so great. The dude is choked out. He's like, meh. <laughs> uh, I forgot how graphic the charred family was. I talked about that. Tragedy sends Luke from whiny to ready. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a that's mm-hmm. a Tim Keller Tim Keller tweet right there. <laughs> Luke, the gospel sends you from whiny to ready. That's a Tim Keller tweet. There it is. Obi Wan's mind trick and how effective it is. He uh, he says the the force can a strong uh, have a strong influence on the weak minded. Mm. Now this is interesting because a lot of people in this life will say, oh, religions for weak minded. It's for foolish people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's almost a weird thing that he would say that. Yeah. That Obi-Wan would say, oh, the force. But but I think his he's coming at it from like, well, the power of the force is so strong. Right. Overwhelms the weak That actually overwhelms those people who think they're powerful. The force, uh, the cantina music. How good is the cantina music? It's it's good. <laughs> Do you know it? Yeah, I don't think. Imagine you're in the cantina. Hey! Hey, what's up? It's so good. Here we drink. Yeah. Gorok's here. Give drink. Oh, Gorok. Vostap wants drink. Oh, we're out. I'm leaving the cantina. It fades away. They're like weird little alien people playing. Yeah, they just play the saxophone flute, though. They're great. Stupid. They're wonderful. I mean, it's great. How much do you think they are to... To book at parties. It's really good. I don't think they Couple can of, be. Actually, somebody's probably put that together. Yeah. Where you can get yeah, the cantina yeah, musicians. We need to, if you ha- if they haven't put it together, we need to find it. Yeah, for parties. Han Solo pulls out his gun. Here's the controversy. Han Solo pulls out his gun, mm-hmm. shoots the bounty hunter Greedo. Yep. Now, when I watched this, I was ready for it. I was like, oh man, Han's going to shoot first. Yep. Han's going to shoot first. No. 
Greedo shoots first over oh. the right side of his head, oh. and Han shoots then second. So I go, wait, wait, wait what? A, that's not what, that's not right. right. Han shoots first. So I did some research. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I am ready. I'm about to drop some knowledge. Okay. Han Solo pulls out the gun, shoots the bounty hunter Greedo. In the 1997 version, Greedo shoots first. That's what I was watching. Mm-hmm. In the 2004 version, they shoot at the same time. Oh. Okay. For the 2011 Blu-ray release, the scene of Solo and Greedo firing at each other was shortened by several frames. In a 2004 interview, Lucas explained, to me, the original movie doesn't really exist anymore. I know, I know. I'm sorry you saw a half-completed film and fell in love with it, but I want it to be the way I want it to be. Look, Lucas, you don't get to decide the way the past is written. The audacity of that man. I can't. That he would change it. Not, Not only that, but he changes it. One, two, three. He changes it four times. Four times. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. If the film wasn't completed, then maybe you should have spent a little more time in the editing room. And if people <laughs> fell in love with something that wasn't completed, leave it the way it is. Yeah. You know, you ever heard, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Because I, actually never him, heard that. him trying to fix it, broke it. Yeah. Come on, so, Lucas. And his his big thing, he kept... So people You're were like, out. why would you do this? He goes, well, everybody wants Han Solo to be a cold-blooded murderer. Everybody just wants him to to be a murderer, and I'm sorry you like that, but I don't like that. For he's kids. a he's a scruffy nerf herder. He's a smug, he's a smuggler. My my inclination is that he's killed people before for kick, you know, because he can. Not for that he's what? a not kicks and giggles. That's what right, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, not that he like loves to do it, but he's done it. He has to, you know, he has to get his hands dirty. Of course, we get okay. to see his redemption story happen. That's, Hello. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's where we're going to go. In Empire, we'll see. That we have to go from death to life. Yeah. And that's what Han Solo does. So it makes sense that he shoots Greedo. Yeah, he's not already a good guy. Yeah. And it's not like Greedo, by pulling out a gun, like he has just cause. Like he's, his life is being threatened by right. Greedo. Yes. Okay. It's yes. not like Greedo's going to say, you know, let's just have some fun together and play some cards. Like he's there to kill him. Yeah. You don't go out on the dueling ground and be like, all right, you shoot first so that I, I have just I cause. Know. And so, and even like they talked to the, the guy who played Greedo. And they're like, are you cool with you know him shooting first? He's like, well, it's better than me shooting and just missing completely. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Huh. Anyways, Alderaan must be made of dynamite by the way it explodes. <laughs> because, <laughs> my word, they shoot, a, they shoot the giant laser out and it just kapow. Yeah, it's a big I mean, explosion. what is that thing made of? So, yeah. And the funny thing is, Leia, like, they look at her and they're like, uh, she's like, don't blow up Alderaan. And Grand Moff goes, all right, pick another planet. And she's like, eh, mm. I didn't like Alderaan that much anyways. All right, blow it. You know, uh, and she tells him, Dantooine, the rebels aren't Dantooine. You know, not. No, she lied. Yeah. Then uh, Terry McGinnis. Is it? Ter- no, Terry McGinnis is Bat- Batman Beyond. What is Alec McGinnis? The, the guy who plays Obi-Wan. Oh, man. We never know names. Just bear with us. Love us. <laughs> Love I'm, us for I'm who we staring are. doe-eyed. At, not you. doe-eyed. Like a like angel. A, You're like a deer. I don't know. I have no idea. Alec McGinnis. <laughs> I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and then were suddenly silenced. That's, That's a powerful moment. Very descriptive. That he feels it. Right. And so then going back to this idea that the force is, uh, all right, we won't say grace, hmm. but it's almost like the force is, see, I, man, it's, I don't want to be heretical and say something like the Holy Spirit. That's right? a good idea. But you know, but but that's what it—that's the idea that they're getting at. Right in the story, it would be some sort of connective force. It yes. would be more pantheistic than you yeah, absolutely because it connects else. everything. Right, but but in our story, the thing that connects everything in the God in the gospel story is the Holy Spirit connects us as brothers and sisters. That connects the church. Yeah, that's yes, right. connects the yep. church. Yep. So so we you know he feels the disturbance and whatnot. Just like when tragedy happens to the church, we feel it. Yeah. Uh, I don't like you know get knocked back in my chair, but it makes me mourn. Mm-hmm. And I and I weep over brothers and sisters who die, uh, who because they're persecuting the church. Yep, right. It's happening in the church. Yep. One all powerful controlling force controlling everything. Han Solo says, "I don't believe in that." So once again, now Han Solo is an atheist. He moves from this to saying, "Oh, there's oh there's one all powerful force controlling everything. I don't believe it." And then you see him in the next movie, Force Awakens, right in the new trilogy. It's all true. Yeah, believe it. It's all true. Right. And so he moves like we see his character. Move from unbelieving to mm-hmm. belief mm-hmm. to self-sacrifice. Yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. Right? So he goes... Kind of like fruit. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I thought about on the on while they're on the Millennium Falcon, he says Millennium Falcon. He Does doesn't it? say Falcon. Oh, yeah. So maybe we've all been saying Falcon is Falcon. Why has nobody made that chess game? Or have people made it? Yeah, I don't know. That's so cool. It seems like it should be a finished game that you can... Yeah, or play. at least pieces. Like, can you buy that? I don't well, know. I'm going to have to look that up. If you can buy it, 
Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs> and we will gladly take it. Uh, Han Solo, so they go, well, what do you call that? What do you call the force then? Because he, he's, Luke does it. He puts the blast shield on, right. blocks the blast, and he goes, what do you call it? And he goes, I call it luck, right? That is So blindness. Han Solo sees a miracle in a way happen, yeah. and he just writes it off. Uh, I call it luck. Yep. And that's the world every single day. Oh, they yeah. see not miracles, but they see amazing things happening. They see yeah. God moving, and they go, oh, that's, hap- that's chance. Right. I call that chance. I call that happenstance. I call that coincidence. We have all these words for luck and things that just happen randomly when um, luck ain't a thing. That's exactly what happens anytime somebody sees, you know, a beautiful sunset over the ocean and they're just like overwhelmed with, yeah. oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. Yeah. Like, where'd that come from? Just, uh, just chance. What a coincidence. Yeah, chance. This all happened. Amazing chance. Yeah, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Amazing chance. chance. <laughs> Did you make that up? I don't know. <laughs> Obi-Wan looks at Luke and he says, You've taken your first step into a larger world. Mm. That was a really good Obi-Wan. I, sh- I should have done that from the beginning. Yeah. You've taken your first step into a larger world, Luke. It got worse the second time. It did get worse. Uh, and then he says, that's no moon. That's, that's what, no such moon. a great line. That's no moon. Like, bah, bah, bah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a bullet. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Mm. Obi-Wan as Elijah. So here's, the, here's where it really comes together. Okay. They are in the Death Star now, and they're infiltrating it to get the plans or whatever. Yeah, they're in the Death Star. And he's sneaking around, and he goes, and he's fighting with Darth Vader, and he looks at Luke, knowing that Luke's gotten away now. Yeah. Okay. And he pulls his sword away, puts it up, and Darth Vader slices in his robe, right? Mm -hmm. But it made me think about Elijah, how Elijah's taken up into heaven, but Elisha gets to see it. Right. And now Elisha has the mission. So Luke kind of is Elisha here. Mm -hmm. And he gets the mission now. Oh, now I have the mission. I have the force now. He's passed on his spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And But Elijah goes up to heaven, taking away in the chariot. And Obi-Wan kind of just disappears until we see his force ghost later. And he even says, you know, you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you can imagine. (laughs) Um, It's so good. But but I don't know how, as as I'm saying, as a Christian, how do you, you can't separate this. I really don't think you can. Because in my mind, it's so... It's so beautiful, this idea that he sacrifices himself to let them get away. And, mm-hmm. and Darth Vader thinks he's actually destroying him when, in fact, he actually is making him more powerful. He, now he's part of the force right. forever. Right. And that's really like, like what, you know, the Bible says, what can they do? Don't fear the one who kills body and body, but fear the one who can destroy soul and body, you know, right. and so, uh, in hell. And so it's that idea, like, what are they going to do to us as Christians? Like, strike us down? <laughs> we'll become more powerful than they can ever imagine <laughs> The trash compactor scene, do you remember that? Of course. How great is that scene? It's it's intense. It is. When you first saw that, I, I don't know, I have no idea how old I was when yeah. I first saw the movies, but uh, yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, they're all going to die at the same time. I know, I know. Well, it starts out with it, first they're in water and they're stuck. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Next, there's some sort of creature in that water. Right. That's double How bad. could it get worse? Now it starts compacting. <laughs> <laughs> so they're stuck, there's claustrophobic stuff happening, there's a creature in there, mm-hmm. and things are the walls are closing in. They're having to just shoot at the water, and somebody else it's, has got to deal with the walls. It's so bad. Luke goes under, and and then they grab this giant pipe, and that's crumping, and you know, yep. crumping, crumping up. It's, crump, it's crumping. Crump. It's getting crumped, and it's closing. And you're like, oh my word, this is as a kid. Like I'm like, oh my word, this is so bad. Yeah, yeah. They escape out of the the clutches, mm-hmm. the fiery clutches or the mm-hmm. watery clutches. There's this really great part where. Uh, to Alec McGinnis, Alec, I'm saying I'm just gonna say his name as if I know. I think it's Alec McGinnis. <laughs> he's climbing around. He's hiding behind the. He's turning everything off. Mm-hmm. Right. He's disconnecting stuff, and he's hiding behind. And there's two stormtroopers who walk up. And this is the conversation. I had to go back and write it down. One says, "You see that new VT-16? <laughs> like, a, like, a, a ship, right? I don't know. I guess okay. what's the, what the heck's a VT-16? The other one says, "Some of the other guys were telling me about it. So it's quite the thing to see." <laughs> They're all like, what do you talk about when you're a stormtrooper? Like, hey, uh, see that new VT-16? What do you think? Oh, I heard it's quite the thing to see. Yep. Okay, back to our patrol. They're uh, they're like from the 40s just at the at the plant. Yeah, like, what like, other? Hey, uh, what do you think of that? What do you think of the weather? I don't know. We're in the Death Star. Oh, that's right. Quite a thing to uh, see. There's nothing to talk about. And, and all they do, like you watch the movie and you go, where is everybody going? Right. Because there's a patrol going this way. There's senators going up elevators. You're like, where is everybody just, is anybody in a meeting right now? They're on their way. They're just on their way. (laughs) I guess if the Death Star is that big, it's like, uh, it's like, hey, Bill, I need you over in quadrant three. 
I'll yeah. be there in three hours. Do, 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 do. And he's just walking for three hours. And they must have people like uh, that aren't supposed to be on the Death Star yeah. constantly on the Death Star because they're always just ready to shoot at yeah. somebody that they see. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, oh you're right. him. Quick. Bang, bang, bang. I'm going to miss. <laughs> he's got the new VT-16. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and everything has it probably takes like four hours, actually, because every door is locked. Every bridge is out. Like they have to like, can hey, can I get Bill up here to, you know, open the bridge for me? Sure. You know, he takes three mm-hmm. hours to get over there. And mm-hmm. man, that place is horribly designed. Horribly designed. Yep. Tooth floss holds Luke and Leia as they swing. He l- throws the tiniest rope yep. on this planet. And they swing. And then when she kisses him on the cheek, you're like, oh, okay. I, I remember them actually kissing though. Am I wrong about that? Maybe that's an well, empire. They kiss later, yeah. An yeah. empire. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, Obi Wan, he, he says, "You are I. You know, the, I have become the master." And Obi says, "Only a master of evil, Darth." Oh, that's so good! Like sting, burn. Oh snap! You know, <laughs> and you know, Darth was like, "Oh." I love how Darth is his first name. Yeah, what? Darth Vader. That's his Darth Vader. That's Anakin a title, right? You mean to spoil it? Anakin. Fine. There it is. Anakin <laughs> Skywalker. Everybody, here it is. My word. If it was Obi Wan talking to him, yeah. he would say Anakin. Yeah. Well, anyways, the movie no. ends. Death Star destroyed. <laughs> Hope that evil can be defeated. So there's hope at the end, and they end with the medallions and whatnot. So let's get to enough of that. That oh, was that a trip. the main event. All that was that was a trip of down memory lane. It was at times confusing, yeah. at times discombobulating, at worst completely incoherent, at times at enjoyable, times enjoyable. <laughs> and I I knew where we were. It was a mixed bag. Yeah, it was a mixed bag of tricks. I'm like the tricks rabbit. Yeah. So let's get to the super for real main event, ah. which is Star Wars. Watch how I'm doing it. A Better Hope. I saw it. A Better Hope. I saw it. Okay. A Better Hope. Can you read uh, that for us? I sure can. This is Hebrews 7, starting in verse 18. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced, by which we draw near to God. So I wrote a blog post about this a couple years back, actually, after I watched New Hope again. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wrote this idea based on some of my thoughts. I saw new stuff now. Mm-hmm. But it's this idea that they have a new hope, yeah. which is actually really just an old hope. Right. It was a prophecy that Made somebody me. would come and unite the force and whatnot. Yep. It was actually an old hope. But the old hope was Darth Vader. And he he failed them. Yeah. He failed. And so Darth Vader, in, in a lot of ways, is kind of like the law, mm-hmm. right? He was uh, rigid and hard. And he, yeah, we'll see that in a second play out. But we need something better. We need a new hope, something that can give us true deliverance, true salvation, true, true, um, true peace. So here's what here's what I wrote. I, I've edited it a little bit, but here's what I wrote a few years back. As any Star Wars fan knows, this new hope that the title speaks of could have multiple meanings. So it could have multiple meanings. It could be the Rebel Alliance and the hope of defeating the evil empire, right? Obi-Wan says it's an evil empire, evil age. It could be the stolen Death Star plans and the hope that finding a weakness in the designs will stop the monstrous planet killer from achieving its goals. But we know that doesn't stop them. They rebuild. Yeah. Right? And that was just part one of their plan. It could be any number of other things, but we come to find out through the course of the movie that the new hope is actually a person and that his name is Luke Skywalker. Right? He's the one who ultimately is supposed to bring balance to the Force. Yeah. He's supposed to be the guy. Right. But he's so flawed. He's whiny and he's unwilling to go and he's weak. And you go, this is going to be the guy? Mm-hmm. Really? This is going to be the guy? Empire, we see that even more. Oh, yeah. He's still kind of belligerent. He, he doesn't want to train with Yoda at times. He doesn't believe in it. He's still trying to work through his faith with fear and trembling. Yep. Okay. Leaves when he's not supposed to. Leaves when he's not supposed to. He just, he's impetuous, yep. right? So he's still not that really a great hope. We need a better hope. And then in Return of the Jedi, which we'll get to down the line, I'm sure, mm-hmm. right? Because we have to. He comes back and he's like a whole new man. He's born again oh, yeah. in many ways. All right. He's seen stuff mm. and he's born again. And now he is that hope that we're looking for. But even at the very end of that film, we see that it doesn't really end the way it should. I mean, like it ends on a high note. Everything's happy, but the emperor's dead. But we know from the new Force Awakens that it's you snuff out one little evil. There's a giant evil in the background. Star killer mm. base looming. It persists. It persists. Evil persists. We need a better hope that will wipe it out once and for all. Yeah. Once and for all. So the new hope, the better hope for the Christian, it's not a thing, it's a person. It's Jesus Christ. No. It's Jesus Christ. He is our living hope, our better hope. Do um, You see, the Jewish people didn't need a new hope. They needed a better hope, one that wasn't written on tablets of stone, but on their hearts. They didn't need an earthly priest, which were the senators who were guiding them, right? Uh, you think about Coruscant and that whole whatever happened in those movies is so 
you know, discombobulated. But you have the senators who are leading the Jedi Council, all this stuff going on. You know, they need an eternal heavenly priest. They need the New Hope, the Jedi, who will unite everything, right? Who will who will reconcile all things? Mm-hmm. Okay, they had only been relying on the law to save them for so long that when their Luke showed up on the scene, they couldn't even recognize him. Okay, at first they go, this guy, you know, Han Solo is constantly doubting Luke. He's going to bring balance. He's going to be the one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then at the very end of the New Hope, he he can he alone, you know, use the force, Luke, and he can shoot that little trench run. You can make the trench run and do the impossible shot. Yeah, he alone can do the impossible shot. They had the plans to the Death Star, which were the law, but without someone to fly the trench run and make the impossible shot, which is to live a sinless life, hmm. the hope that the blueprints brought brought hope of salvation were would be worthless. Oh, see, yes, see? I do. So see. now you see it coming together. So the idea is that the law, the law is perfect, right? And, and I, we need, it's probably good to talk about the three uses of the law. Okay. So let's get into that. Yeah. The law is good, holy, perfect. It acts as a curb, a mirror, and a guide. It's actually a mirror, curb, guide. The first purpose of the law is to be a mirror. So on the one hand, the law of God reflects the mirror and mirrors the perfect righteousness of God. It's something we look at and we go, wow, this is what God is like. Yeah. This is what he requires. Right. This is what he demands. The law tells us how much, uh, tells us much about who God is. Perhaps more important, the law illuminates human sinfulness. So it shows us how unholy we are and just how holy God truly is. Yeah. Augustine wrote this, uh, the law orders that we, after attempting to do what is ordered and so feeling our weakness under the law, may learn to implore the help of grace. So we hit a point like Luke did where he's in the trench run. He says, I can't do it. There's no way I can shoot. This is the impossible shot. And, and Obi-Wan, use the force, Luke. He's imploring him to use the grace that God's given us. Mm. Use the force. Use what you have. Use what the universe, okay, in this. Use what it's giving you. Right. And we would say, okay, we, the law implores us to, to cling to Christ for grace. We have to cling to our better hope for grace. Say, Lord, I can't do this. Right. I've seen the trench run. There's no way I'm doing that on my own. And there's no way I can possibly do it. But somebody's already done it. Yeah. That's the joy. Somebody already shot the did the somebody already did the Kessel run in fifteen parsecs, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that that is where the analogy breaks down because yes. because we end up being Luke and we're to trust in in no no no, no. Christ is Luke yeah Christ is Luke and he, but he's not trusting in the force he is the yeah force. I'm saying he's the word yeah I'm saying the law tells us to do, do the trench run right. And we can't. Right. There's no way we can. There's no way. And, and the thing, the beauty of Christ is that he already did the trench run. So we don't even need to, like, we, we need to mirror him, mm-hmm. mirror the law, yeah. knowing full and well that Christ has fulfilled it perfectly, and now we live in that grace. And I think there's an aspect of that mirror that we sometimes miss. Like, we sometimes just see, there's, there's this thing where you see God, like, demanding something of you. Yeah. And you don't understand that what he demands is what he is. Perfection. Like holiness. Holiness is is real and it's it matters it's uh you know you are called to be perfect as your father is perfect and the weight of that should crush you yeah should absolutely crush you because so like when i used to play basketball i remember i'd come up to the goal and there was only one time i had to do this thank thank you lord for this but it was a a free throw shot for the game and i'm horrible at free throw shots always have been always will be mm-hmm. i just cannot get it and it's it's down on me and I, I may have blocked it out. I don't think I did it. I think we lost the game because of me. <laughs> and and it really wasn't me, but the pressure of that, right. of that moment was no human should have to bear stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it, when, it, when you hit moments like that in your life where we all hit moments and lo- stuff like that, it, you really feel it. Mm-hmm. And if the, if the law, if we read the law and delighted in it and read it and used it as a mirror, it would absolutely crush us. Yeah. And rightly so. Because God's holiness is so unattainable for, for us finite beings, that we need a better hope. Yeah. We need a new hope. There was a part of my conversion where, um, it, this is get, gets sort of uh, out there, so yeah. stick with me. Yeah. <laughs> but I was uh, I was at, at uh, a friend's house. We'd been working out, and we uh, were having super deep conversations. And this is with seven years of conversation behind us. Um, but I, I went out into the driveway by myself to get in my car and drive home. And just thinking about all the things that we were talking about, I felt this physical weight on my shoulders and uh, literally pushed me to the ground. I'm sitting next to my car in the dark in the driveway, just uh, tears and snot and mess all over the place. <laughs> and uh, and I, I just felt like I was going to be crushed, like I was going to die in the driveway. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was so bizarre. And then I just suddenly felt everything removed. 
uh, everything was lifted off. I, I literally like stopped crying mid sob and I didn't understand because nothing had occurred to me mm. like in my mind where it's going to be okay. It just all of a sudden everything was removed. Everything was gone. I think that was, although it took some more work uh, for me to understand it, I think that was the moment that God saved me. Freedom, freedom in Christ. Yeah. And you go back, I think, of Pilgrim's Progress, where he goes, you know, Mr. Worldly Wiseman says, oh, you need to go up to Mr. Law, the law guy up on the mountain Zion. Mm. And he gets there and he goes, this this mountain's going to crush me. I'm about to be crushed by the law. Yeah. The law highlights our weakness so that we might seek the strength found in Christ. Yeah. And it acts as a severe schoolmaster to drive us to Christ. So the weight should drive us to the person. We need to say, help, help, help. I can't yeah. do this. I need the cross. I need. The, I have to get this weight off my back. It will crush me. Yeah. If I die under this weight, I will be completely crushed. I yeah. cannot do this. And so it drives us. Um, this could be This could be the idea of the Jedi Council demanding... Imp- they're kind of like the Pharisaical Council. They demanded no emotions. They demanded perfection. They demand that Jedis be a certain way. Hmm. And it's sort of like the old law coming in. You can't do this. There has to be a, you know, and, and some of them, and that's why Anakin flees. He flees from the law. Yeah. Darth Vader flees from the law and falls, just goes to another law. Right. He goes to the Sith yeah. who say, oh, well, you can do whatever, but you have to be a slave to the dark side. Yeah. Which is, you know. Which interestingly still costs you the person everything. that you love. Yeah. You, you're just not your giving it up on your own anymore. Costs you everything. Yep. Your wife. Everything. It seems like freedom, mm. but it costs them everything. Oh, a slave to sin, you a slave say. to sin. Ah. Oh. A second purpose of the law is to res- is the restraint of evil. The law, in and of itself, cannot change human hearts. It can, however, serve to protect the righteous from the unjust. Calvin puts it this way. John Calvin puts it this way: by means of its fearful denunciations and the consequent dread of punishment, to curb those who, unless forced, have no regard for rectitude and justice. The law allows for a limited measure of justice on this earth until the last judgment is realized. So I put this as the senators who try to enforce uh, the rules and the trade agreements and all this stuff. They're trying to curb the dark side from taking over. Huh. They're trying to curb the empire. Now, the interesting thing about the, the curb is that it doesn't work. Right. It restrains it for so long, but ultimately the dark side, they're going to do what, you know, wretch is going to wretch. They're going to do what they want to do. Dark yeah. side going to dark side. Yeah. So uh, that's the second purpose of the law. The third purpose of the law is to reveal what is pleasing to God. Mm. As born-again children of God, the law enlightens us as to what is pleasing to our Father, whom we seek to serve. The Christian delights in the law as God himself delights in it. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's John fourteen fifteen. This is the highest function of the law, to serve as an instrument for the people of God, to give him honor and glory. So this is uh, for the people of God. This is for God's children. Right. Okay. The third use of the law applies to us as believers. Yeah. And I would say, so in our analogy that is ever presently breaking down, <laughs> this would be the force itself. This is God's grace to us. Oh. Um, through, so that through the spirit and filled powered believers, we can model and, and it reveals to us what, how we should walk and live. Right. Never perfectly. Yeah. Never perfectly this side of heaven. But now we walk. And so, um, you know, in the, in the, I guess, going back to Star Wars, Luke is going on this journey to, to walk through that and fulfill the law and fulfill the purposes. Uh, completely. So do not absolutely like we say Luke is like the Christ figure. He's not. I mean, nobody is perfect. Nobody ever could be perfect. Right. right? They're all types and shadows of the Christ figure. So by studying, by studying or meditating on the law of God, we attend the school of righteousness. We learn what pleases God and what offends him. The moral law that God reveals in scripture is always binding upon us. Our redemption is from the curse of God's law, not from our duty to obey it. We are justified not because of our obedience to the law, but in order that we may become obedient to God's law. To love Christ is to keep his commandments. To love God is to obey his law. Yeah. So there's a distinction there. And I, I'm going to read that sentence again because yeah. that's crazy important. Yes, please. We are justified not because of our obedience to the law, but in order that we may become obedient to God's law. Yes. Sanctification. Write that on your hearts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are, we are being made new, right? Behold, he makes all things but with our fallen natures, obviously we have no way of using uh, we have no way of using the law properly. Just as we have no way of using the trench runs pro- properly, we can see the law, the, the blueprints. Mm-hmm. We can look at it and go, "No, that's really great." That's and what you we remember need to do. in the story. They say that's impossible. Right? Who can do that shot? Well, we have to try. But we have to try. Right? Mm-hmm. It's impossible. We have to try. We have to try. So it, it can't on its own. It cannot do anything to our hearts. It yeah. cannot fulfill it. So Jesus comes in. 
who's our better and lasting hope. The one alone who can fire the impossible shot. He keeps the law perfectly. With it, he destroys the Death Star. He destroys the Empire uh, once and for all, right? Not in the movie, of course, but in in the Christian (laughs) worldview. Once and for all on the cross. Yep. The cross is the trench run. The impossible shot. He does it. He alone fulfills it. All the wrath of God poured out. It comes a curse for us on the tree. He takes all the wrath, destroys it, buries it. And then the, the beauty of this is the very last scene in the movie is everybody gets a medal. <laughs> right? That's right? Everybody who had even a small part in it gets a medal. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca goes up there. I mean, he flew the ship with Han Solo, but it was like, what? You know, a small footnote in the story. Yeah. Like, he's not the highlight. He was just there. And he gets a medal. He gets the grace. Yeah. He gets the admiration. You know, and it's this idea that I'll, at the end of days, I'm going to go to heaven and I'll have this glorified body and Jesus has a place for me. And he has a crown for me. There's rewards in heaven. And you go, wait, what? But I, I just did this. I was a f- small footnote. And Jesus says, yeah, you were part of my story. I'd, I'd planned this whole thing out. It was beautiful. Mm. Here's, your, here's your crown. Here's your, and I'm going to take it and go, no, 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 man, here's you to have the crown. Right. You have the crown. So it's this really cool moment at the end where the music's triumphant and you walk in and all these people are there. It's just like really a picture of heaven. Mm. We go from darkness of space of craziness and chaos and now we're in this beautiful temple and all tears are gone and all tears are gone. everybody's happy and there's medals and everybody's clapping and you go who are all these people right but it doesn't matter yeah you just go oh there's people here they're happy and they're all dressed clean <laughs> and nice and they they're ready for happiness you know yeah uh, and you and you and it ends the movie you know credits roll and you go that was that's the end right we're done yep but then empire comes yeah and, and it's not done because they made a lot of money on the first one yeah and so here's and so we're kind of <laughs> In the now, not yet, that we're talking about, we're we're living in empire, right? We're living in in the empire strikes back, and we'll get to this when we talk about it in our episode. Yeah, but we're in the now, not yet. So we 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 know what Christ has done. He's made the trench run. He mm-hmm. he did the cross. The cross is so Satan ultimately the power of darkness is destroyed. He is our better hope. Yeah. But now we live in the present evil age where the empire is still attacking, but they're but they've been defeated mm-hmm. right they've really mm-hmm. been defeated they've seen what can happen and they and then return of jedi comes and that's kind of the fulfillment where all of the promises are done mm-hmm. so ugh, i'm excited to get to those <laughs> i'm excited to get to those uh the last little bit here you watch movies like this and you think to yourself how can everyone not see this at least i do mm. okay and and a lot of this is because because we're christians we see things differently sure and we and i and i think that's part of you know i view everything differently i view the whole world differently so you watch movies like this and you go, why, is, why can everybody not see this? Superhero and sacrifices. And uh, you think of Lord of the Rings and Narnia, any of the superhero movies. One of our, our assistant pastor came to us and he's like, how do people not see that? Right. The self-sacrifice. And I'm yeah. like, I know, I know. But how does the guy on the council go, that's an old religion. He gets choked out and he goes, oh, man. <laughs> how does he not see it? Yeah. Well, because they're blinded. Right. The, you know, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. It's impossible to see. And you'll read the Bible now. I mean, think about before you were a Christian and now after you became a Christian, you read the Bible and you go, why did I not see this? How did I never see this? Uh, C.S. Lewis believed that every great story throughout history, the stories that resonate with us in our inner being are secretly retellings of the gospel message. He said this. Um, he talks about myth and all sorts of stuff and how it's really just borrowing from the gospel, the greatest story ever told. Yeah. Right. The greatest truth story. Think of the archetypes. So we can go through these real quick. E.T., uh, even the E.T. story, like this alien who comes from another planet and he heals hearts and he touches heart, you know, and he's different, but he must return. But he'll come back, you know, phone home. He has to go home. Uh-huh. It's, that's a stretch, but, but that you can see it there. <laughs> Superman. Yeah. The alien from another planet, once again, who comes and takes on flesh and pretends to be a human. Gives us hope. Gives us hope. Harry Potter. Oh, my word. We could do. We need to do a series on Harry Potter. And some people will be like, you Harry wizards, ugh, witchcraft, man. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it upright. Uh, Harry Potter. I mean, Dumbledore and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, the Lion King, for Pete's sake. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man, Shawshank Redemption, Citizen Kane, Wizard of Oz, 12 Angry Men. All these stories, if you go through them, there's law and gospel and justice and sacrifice. They're just borrowing from the greatest story yeah. ever told. And we could, I mean, there's too many more to list. Even great stories and books are filled with the gospel narrative. You'd be hard-pressed to find a great work, something that's stuck around, something that has a lasting impact on people. It's really, you'd be hard-pressed to find something that does not have some sort of truth or redeeming quality. Like, you know, a lot of things come and go, mm-hmm. but there are stories that stay. Yeah. And you go, well, what makes that different? What makes, what makes the Star Wars trilogy so beautiful? Well, I think we've shown a little bit of that, hopefully. 
today. What what people are resonating with, they need a hero. Yeah. We want a hero. We want all things to be ready. The gospel message permeates every aspect of our lives, and it is this message that is written on our hearts. It's written on our hearts. Ecclesiastes, you know, the book says that he has hidden eternity in our hearts. Everybody's an image bearer. Mm-hmm. Everyone secretly, you know, Romans 1, nobody's an atheist. Everyone knows that God is is real. Right. Everyone knows that God's the creator. They just, they've blinded themselves. The God has ages blind themselves. They're blind. They've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Um, and so for that reason, Christians and non-Christians alike all reach outside. We're all looking for purpose. The question is, why are we here? Yeah. Why are we here? So at the end of this episode, stop looking for a new hope. Embrace the better hope that's already here. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Never, he, he will never abandon you. He will never disappoint you. He is our only hope. He's our only hope. And so if you're listening to this and you go, well, that's kind of silly. It is kind of, right? We're being, we're being silly here and we're having some fun. The point of this podcast is to look at stuff like this, find the Christian worldview, and to give you conversation points to jump off with people. Right. Because all of you, ha- I mean, everybody knows somebody who loves Star Wars. <laughs> everybody. And if that person is not a believer, then use this. Go, man, you won't believe this episode I just heard. It's about, why don't you listen to it? Tell me what you think. Let's have a conversation about it. Right. Use this as a conversation. You don't even have to do the awkward bit where you actually relay what we said. Let, <laughs> let us be the awkward bit. Then go, let's, let's talk about that. What do you think? Let's go get a beer. Let's go get some lunch. Let's right. talk about it. Right. Like we can be the opportunity to jump into that conversation. Yeah. Right. And then if something great comes through that, or at least a door is open for that, that's, man, that's, our, that's what we're here for. That's what we pray for. Yeah. So Jesus is our, he's our only hope. And the greatest thing you can ever give anyone in this world is Jesus Christ himself. The gospel message, that's the greatest gift you can ever give. Somebody gave it to me. Somebody gave it to Jeremy. Mm -hmm. And it's the reason we're here today because we, we clung to the cross because the law crushed us and we knew we couldn't do it on our own. Any thoughts there, Jeremy? Yes. So Uh, many thoughts? uh, Yeah. I mean, I I guess uh, I always want to encourage like if, if you're the one listening to this, that's not saved. Uh, if you're the one listening to this, that's like, man, that's all cool. And I, I don't know why I keep listening to this dumb podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, understand that, that maybe, uh, the spirit of God reaching out to you and, uh, and preparing your heart for the truth. So, uh, keep listening, keep thinking, um, read the Bible. This is a great podcast where we talk about the Bible, but we're not the Bible. So yeah, so p- pick it up, read it, uh, wander into a local church, uh, see if they care about the Bible and, and see what they have to say. Yeah. If you like Star Wars, there's a thousand stories like Star Wars in the Bible that are even better. Yeah. And they're true. They're not fake. They're true. So I, I read the Bible all the time in my small group with my kids and they go, this is so good. I'm like, I know it's so good. And we kind of like jazz out because it's so good. The it's, stories are so good. Like we, I mentioned Elijah. Go read Second Kings and the story of Mount Carmel mm. and Elijah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where uh, caramel came pouring down from the mountain. <laughs> uh, go read that story. It is so good, right? And, and there's just so many wonderful stories that are true yeah. in the Bible that, that dwarf this, make this look like silly nonsense, which it is. Yeah, I've been listening to a, uh, a podcast where Jordan B. Peterson, not a Christian, not at all. Uh, he's uh, like a philosopher slash psychologist guy up in Canada. And he does this series on the Bible. And he's looking at it as ancient literature and nothing more. Oh, yeah. But the the truth that he is mining out of that as an unbeliever is like shocking. And it's at a kind of a higher level than I can really keep up with him. Yeah. But uh like there is I don't care where you start, start looking at the Bible and see what it has to say because it is amazing. And if you want to start from a secular worldview, but really looking at the Bible for what it is, uh, start with Jordan B. Peterson and keep listening to us and we'll we'll meet somewhere. Yeah, we'll meet somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to the Nerd Gospel Podcast. We are so jazzed to be a part of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- we thought it would be cool if we just highlight somebody who's on in the society with us. Yeah, there's just a few of us, so it, it's uh, it's worth doing. Uh, so one yeah. that I've been listening to, uh, well, I've been listening to most of them, but uh, one that we thought we would mention is Five for Fruit, which is a, a gentleman by the name of Kerry Geffart, and uh, it's it's literally five minutes most of the time. Sometimes yeah, you got five he, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, he's been walking through a series on the confessions and, uh, that's an area that I've, that I don't have a lot of information about. So it's been really helpful for me to hear about why confessions are important and what they are and what they aren't. 
Uh, it's just good information, and it's five minutes, and Carrie's easy to listen to. Yeah, you put it at time and a half. That's two two minutes. Yeah. Two and a half minutes. <laughs> well, that's not math. how math works. No, it's not how it works. Uh, but it is real, really good. Uh, if you haven't looked at the society yet, uh, just pop over there. You can get the mega feed and, and just kind of sample everything the that they're doing. Feed. I love the Jesse Center. <laughs> the mega feed. Uh, you can just kind of see what everybody's doing. Um, it's good stuff, and they're they're solid Bible teachers. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can interact with us on Facebook, on our website, yep. all sorts of ways. If you've been listening for a while, you know that. Yep. So thanks so much for listening. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.